Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. Hope everybody enjoyed their weekend. It was upset Saturday in college football. As two top 10 teams go down, Oklahoma loses 48-41 to to Kansas State. And Notre Dame gets beat down by Michigan 45-14. to And with those results, the Gators move up to number 6 in the latest polls. They are the top-ranked one-loss team in the country and now have themselves in position to move up with a top-10 matchup this weekend against the Georgia Bulldogs. On today's show, we're going to bring you a special interview in the first segment with former Gators wide receiver Ricky Natil. In the second segment, I'll give my SEC power rankings after Week 9 and recap all the action from over the weekend. And in the final segment, we'll bring you some comments from Florida coach Dan Mullen and co-offensive coordinator John Hevesy about what the team worked on during the bye week. But let's kick this show off with my interview with Ricky Natil. I ran into him on Friday. Friday at the Newberry Fort White game. He was at his alma mater being honored on the field. And I spoke with him after the game about his Panthers because they're having a really good season, but also about his Gators and what they've been able to accomplish so far this season, specifically at the wide receiver position. Now, for those who don't know, Ricky was an absolute stud for the Gators in the 80s. He played for UF from 1983 to 1986. He was part of that 84 SEC championship team, and he had a huge career with the Gators, finishing with 117 receptions for 2,086 yards and 18 touchdowns. He was a first-team All-SEC selection in 1986, and then he was taken in the first round of the NFL Draft in 1987 by the Denver Broncos, who he played with for six seasons. And he played in two Super Bowls during his time with the Broncos. His most memorable moment as a Gator came in 1984 in this Florida Georgia game. Natil caught a 96-yard touchdown pass from Kerwin Bell in Florida's 27 to nothing victory over the Bulldogs, and that helped him get his nickname. Ricky the Rocket. So it was an honor getting a chance to talk to him on Friday night. I'd never got the opportunity to meet him and it was great just to pick his brain about the Florida Gators and specifically the wide receiver position. He called that group top to bottom the best in the country. Here's what he had to say when we spoke. Anytime you get to be on this field and with your former teammates, I imagine it's pretty special. Oh, it's special. Obviously being here brings back a lot of memories, obviously, you know. It's kind of where it started for me. It's awesome. A couple of those guys, you know, like two of them I ain't seen. God, I pick, I've been 20 years, I bet, give or wow. take. It's been a long time. So so we've been had a chance to talk kind of leading up to this the last couple of weeks, you know, kind of sharing some memories. It's always good to reflect because, you know, these kind of things, as you get older, you kind of take for granted. Sure. So then when you bring it back to the surface, kind of really brings it back home. So it's an awesome. What do you think about the season they're having, man? They're a really successful year so far. It's a very good turnaround. You know, we got a ways to go, but it's good to get back on the winning track. You know, get a feel for what that, you know, getting back in the playoffs feels like. And it's a maturing process, a learning process, which sure. is kind of where I'm, you know, trying to step in, help out a little bit, just give a little guidance. But it's good to see. Definitely. And then another one of your former teams, the Gators, having a special season. What do you think about your alma mater, how they're playing? Oh, man, it's great. You know, Coach Mullins obviously doing a great job. Yeah. Um, you know, we got a lot of talent, and, he, you know, he's the guy that's leading them in the right direction. You know, we're, we're controlling our own destiny right now, which is sure. kind of what you want. And I'm really looking forward to the Georgia game. Now, that one always brings back memories to me, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had some of my best games there, and, I, and hopefully – 
some of those other guys, maybe it'll break my 96-yard record or something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love to see it. Now, one of the things that stood out about this team this year is the receiver play. Obviously, you know what it takes to play at a high level. How impressed have you been with that position group? Top to bottom, I've never seen a better group of receivers. Wow. I mean, I mean, we're talking five, six guys that can start anywhere. Yep. And they're they're all good because I go to practice and I watch them. And, you know, Coach Gonzalez does a great job with them. But top to bottom, as far as size, speed, athleticism, route running, hands, probably one of the best I've seen. And by far, overall, top to bottom, definitely best in the country. You rarely get five guys sure. that can play. You know, you'll get two, maybe three, but never five or six. So it's, you know... I hope they know what they got. Yeah, you got to enjoy it when you tune in to watch, you know, pass happy. It's fun to watch it receive. I'm a little biased, so, yeah, throw it, throw it, throw it. But good news is they catch it. They run good routes and they catch the ball, so that's what I like to see. Appreciate Ricky for his time and perspective, and let's take you to this first break with the call from his 96-yard touchdown pass against the Georgia Bulldogs. Third down eight from the three-and-a-half-yard line. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Welcome back into the show. Now it's time to give my latest SEC Power Rankings after all the action in Week 9. Number one still at the top is the Alabama Crimson Tide. They got a huge win on Saturday over the Arkansas Razorbacks, 48-7. to that game was not even competitive. It was an easy win for the Crimson Tide despite not having Tua at quarterback. And now they have a bye week to get ready for the big matchup against LSU. The Tigers still at number two after a 23-20 win over Auburn last weekend. It was a really competitive game, but I never felt like it was in doubt for LSU. They seemed to have control the whole time. And now they'll have a bye this weekend to get ready for this 1-2 and two matchup. At number three is your Florida Gators. They, like the Georgia Bulldogs, were off last week. Getting ready for the top 10 matchup in Jacksonville this weekend. Florida coach Dan Mullen and John Hevesy will speak in the next segment about what the Gators worked on. And we'll see what the Georgia Bulldogs had to work on. A lot to go back to the drawing board and fix after a loss to South Carolina and a really bad performance against Kentucky. Again, in that game, Jake Fromm just with 35 yards passing. So that was certainly something that they had to address during the bye. At number five, still despite the loss on Saturday, is the Auburn Tigers. And I give them a lot of credit. They compete in this game like they did against Florida Auburn's defensive line was able to get pressure on Joe Burrow and hold LSU to a season low in scoring but Auburn's offense just wasn't able to do enough to get the win they'll be back in action on Saturday at home against Ole Miss number six and moving on up after some other losses in the SEC is Texas A&M they got a 19 point win over the weekend against Mississippi State 49 to 30 and A&M if you look at their schedule Certainly some games that they would have liked to play better in, but can't really fault them for some of the losses that they've had. And they've seemed to do a good job rebounding from those. And they will host the University of Texas San Antonio on Saturday. 
Number seven in my SEC power rankings is Missouri. And what has happened to the Tigers? Back-to-back -back losses for them. They fall on Saturday 29-7 to to Kentucky. And they were once atop the SEC East standings. And now they go into the bye week reeling, trying to figure out what's gone wrong. And those same questions are being asked in Columbia after South Carolina suffers a 20-point loss to who? Tennessee. 41-21, to the Vols take it to the Gamecocks. And things have just kind of gone south for them since they got the big upset win over Georgia. Had an opportunity against the Gators, let that game go. And then to lose like this after they had a lead against Tennessee, things not looking good for Will Muschamp. They'll be back home this weekend against Vanderbilt, so should be an opportunity for them to get back on track. And also needing to get back on track as the Mississippi State Bulldogs they suffer another loss at the hands of Texas A&M and things getting really dicey in Starkville for Joe Moorhead. As it's been reported, he is one of the top candidates for the Rutgers job. He tried to downplay it a little bit earlier this season, but as the Bulldogs keep losing, that'll be something to monitor moving forward. They'll be on the road this weekend at Arkansas. Number nine in my SEC power rankings, Kentucky. Shout out to the Wildcats. They've had an up and down season so far, some games that they've really been embarrassed by, but they're able to get a big win on Saturday against Missouri, improve their standing in the SEC East, and now they got a bye week this weekend to regroup. Number 11 in my SEC power rankings, the Ole Miss Rebels. They were off last week, and now they got a tough road trip this Saturday at Auburn. We'll see if the Rebels can make that a competitive game, but I like the Tigers in that matchup. And number 12 is Tennessee after getting the 41-21 win over South Carolina. And Jeremy Pruitt, we'll see if he's starting to get things turned around. He might have found a quarterback now, and they're starting to figure some things out in year two. They'll have another chance to get a big win on Saturday against UAB. And we'll see what the Vols can do the rest of the season if they put themselves in position to maybe make a bowl game. Their remaining SEC opponents are Kentucky, Missouri, and Vanderbilt, so they're certainly capable of getting wins in those games. Number 13 in my SEC power rankings are the Arkansas Razorbacks after the big loss to Alabama. And again, that's to be expected when you're facing the number one team in the country, but to have them down their starting quarterback and to still have no shot in that game, that's not a good look for the Razorbacks. They'll be at home this weekend against Mississippi State, and it would be big if they could find a way to get a win. Number 14 and still in last place in my SEC power rankings are the Commodores. They got the big win over Missouri in their last game. Then they had a bye week on Saturday to kind of figure things out, see if they can get to their second conference win. They'll try to do it on the road Saturday at South Carolina. And now you look at where things are at in the SEC standings. Florida sitting atop the East at 7-1, 4-1 in conference. The Georgia Bulldogs 3-1 in conference. That rivalry game on Saturday, number six versus number eight, certainly going to decide how things shake out in the East. And then moving over to the West, as we all know, it's a two-team race between the Crimson Tide and the Tigers. Both of them undefeated. Alabama has five conference wins, LSU with four, and they will go toe-to-toe -to -toe the following weekend after both of these teams get a bye Saturday. When we come back from this final break, we'll bring you some comments from Florida coach Dan Mullen and co-offensive coordinator John Hevesy about what they worked on during the bye week to get ready for the Bulldogs. You're listening to Locked On Gators, your team every day. 
Florida fans, if you're making your way to Gainesville this fall for UF home games or you're just a sports junkie like me, then I've got the perfect place for you. The Mealy Pop Shop, located off I-75 on 39th Avenue, is your one-stop shop for sports cards, memorabilia, autographs, gaming, and collectibles. I've been able to load up on my Michael Jordan cards since the shop opened last year. They have college and NFL games on in the store every weekend and a bunch of cool events, sometimes featuring former Gator players like Percy Harvin. Their NFL weekly pick'em is free and fun with weekly prizes and a season-long prize so check out the mealy pop shop at 3700 northwest 91st street gainesville florida or call at 352-204-5573 welcome back into the show uf coach dan mullen met with the media on monday after his players and coaches enjoyed a few days off during the bye week to get ready for this matchup with the georgia bulldogs we haven't heard from Mullen since the SEC teleconference, so when he met with reporters on Wednesday, he discussed what his team accomplished during the bye week, some of the areas that they wanted to address in practice, and how that's going to help them in this top 10 matchup with UGA. Well, I think I think at this point of the season, you know, it's for first place in the SEC East, which I think, you know, all you can really control is winning the East. If you do that, you get an opportunity to go to Atlanta and play one game there. And beyond that, everyone, every, you know, everybody's voting for you, you know. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that's important. You know, you get into the middle of, you know, you're going to be in November and be in first place in the East is a great position to be in because that's what you can control. Um, I don't view it really as a playoff game because if you, right, whoever, whoever wins isn't locked for the playoffs. So um, we got a lot, lot more football ahead of us before any of that stuff. How big would it be getting Grenard and uh, Zuniga back, especially when you look how well they run the football? Well, obviously huge. You know, what I mean, I mean, you look at, I mean, you look at teams, right? I mean, it, to be to have a successful season, you're going to look at injuries, and you know, I mean, I think we've done an unbelievable job, our coaching staff this year, and our players of next guy standing up because I mean, we've, uh, very few teams I don't think in the country could have dealt with the injuries we've had and be in the position that we're still in. Um, you know, and, and so that's a tribute to our guys. Next guy standing up, and our coaches getting guys ready to go play. So, uh, obviously, when you you know you look, I mean, you go take star players. You take start taking star players away from teams, and you know, in big games, and see what happens. And uh, you know, a lot of them don't win. What strides have you seen from the run game here in the last? Well, month? I think that the ability that you know of staying balanced. You know, I mean, that by, that we've done that, you know, and you look maybe not total yards, but in, within play calls, we try to stay pretty balanced. And because of that, you look at some of the explosive plays. Our most explosive plays on the season have been in the run game. And that's that's kind of a tribute to, to stay in balance. So, I mean, we'll take it. I mean, if we, we get hit some explosive runs, we'll take it. You know, I mean, if they're going to, you know, obviously I love consistency, but if, if you know, the type of team we are, if we're going to be more not as consistent, but hit the big explosives, then we'll you know put our guys in position to do that how much self-scouting self-evaluation do you do during a bye week i think a lot during the bye week you're looking at a lot of little things you know i mean it gives you the opportunity to catch up some you do a little bit of self-scout where you're doing well what you're doing poorly you're looking you know what our tendencies are um you know just because you have a tendency doesn't mean it's a bad thing but you know how do you defend it or set up things off of your tendency uh, making sure we're just putting guys in position to be successful and you know and also you get time for development which we were able to do getting some young guys some extra reps and you know because you know as we've seen this year with what we've had to deal with you know that a lot of these right we're not done there's might be some a lot of young guys still have to step up to go play as the year goes on 
in, in a bye week, you really get to show it because, you know, you get some time to coach a little bit more than just, you know, all the game planning that goes in, especially with some younger guys. When we talk about it, everybody's at a different stage of their development. So it's not like I stand in front of the team and say, here's the one thing we're going to work on. Everybody is doing it. When you walk out of practice, what is your thing that you're going to walk off the field today saying, I've improved in this one area? And some guys, it's more generic big things, and other guys, it's very specific small things. Co-offensive coordinator John Hevesy also discussed what his team worked on during the bye week. One of the main points of emphasis was trying to make sure that run game continues to progress. The Gators have made strides in the last few weeks, and that will have to continue on Saturday against the Georgia Bulldogs. They have the number five rush defense in the country, so it won't be a cakewalk for Florida's offensive line and their running backs trying to have success against the Bulldogs. Here's what Hevesy had to say about how the Gators have gotten better in that area and the challenge that UGA presents. Yeah, we do that. I mean, we get a little jump start on Georgia, but we also get, um, we do a lot of stuff with those individuals to be the starters that keep out of the kind of the fundamentals, the individual stuff, give them more of those reps and go back to a lot of basics with them. And then to me, we scrimmage them at the end. They get about, I think, 42 snaps of um, 21 each of, of the next twos and threes, really. They each get 21 snaps. So to me, of live stuff, just calling here and plays that they might not have heard a lot of just because of being on scout team, they don't hear the same our offense. But to me, again, it's, it's a couple of bonus days for them. You know, we have Omar bye week and you have bowl practice. So to me, that's it's really a whole extra spring they're going to get before spring practice. So it's time they got to take it. I mean, like we told them, they got to take advantage of every snap they get. And these are opportunities that they, this is what we evaluate them on. Are they getting better even when we're calling base plays? But to me, your fundamentals and the base plays, base assignments, that's what you got you to know right now as the adjustments come. And what are your thoughts on the running game? Yeah, no, I mean, there's things just, it's execution. Like I said, the biggest thing for the biggest thing in the run game is, is you see is that it's, it's sometimes it's five, it's sometimes six, it's seven, it's eight guys with, that are involved in the run game that seven guys got to do a great job. One guy is off the wrong way, the wrong leverage on a defender, okay, it's two yards. Then you turn around and say, okay, that's, that's the biggest thing in the run game is the pieciness of the five linemen, but it's one or two tight ends and the running back all being on the same page. Uh, one guy can't screw up. And you see you know, the one big P run had besides, I guess I'm tag a little bit, but is as you saw, everybody had a perfect fit, so everyone had a thing, and those, those explosive plays, you know, you, those are going to come and go. But to me, it's, I, I always want four yards, where everything for me is being about efficient, efficiency. And that's me. We had a number of plays, again, that are in three yards. And just, it's finishing blocks. It's having our body. It's bending our legs. It's being in the exact position, which to me has to get corrected all the time. I talked in practice. We watched the film yesterday, and it's the same thing. Okay, this is why you got three yards. You're off the block. You're blocking with your hands, not your feet. We got three yards, not four. So that, that's what's killing us, the little things, and that comes with you know, Richard and Chris being younger, those things, and even uh, all the guys understand that in practice. This is where it's going to be happening. You see it getting better because you see them in practice getting better, which is turning over the game. So I think to me, is that that's in general, every week it's got to keep improving at the little things. What does this Florida-Georgia rivalry mean to you? You've been a part of it for so long. And how much it's, is it? It's, it's, I mean, hey, first and foremost, I mean, it is a rivalry game, but to me it's, it's an SEC game. It's for us, to do, to our goal every year is to get the SEC championship game, and they're just I an mean, SEC team that's in the way. You know, I sit there and put any more in this one than it was in South Carolina or it was in Tennessee or it was in Kentucky or it was in whoever else we play. Sure. Yeah, they're the next opponent to me, and that's all we got to worry about is them, and that's just we got to go execute and do our job versus them. It's a great game, I think, for the fans and, and what they get into it, but for us it's, it's, it's what we're looking for in our goal. Yeah. It's that game that we got to go after.
the last three games, Michael's had 45 carries and way more productive than the first 45 carries he had of the season. How much do you attribute that to your I think it's just, like I said, I think it's just the cohesiveness of, of playing in the run game of it's six, seven guys of working yeah. together more than it's, it's not even, but yeah, I told my guys yesterday, listen, pass me, you while we grayed out and all the things, I said, you're winning, winning your one-on-one -on -one pass pros. It's great. I said, the difference in the run game is, okay, you two working together, you two working together, you three working together. So all three get me the right page because two guys are doing well. One's kind of off. We look like the whole thing looks like crap. So the, that's what you see is you start to understand the schemes that everyone working together. Combinations. How, how encouraging it is it that improvement is coming? It's always encouraging because you see, you see that they're getting it. You know, what I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is they're starting to understand the little things. We still got to get better at those things, but they're starting to understand what it's going to take to be successful. And that's the biggest thing. That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we brought you a special interview with former Florida wide receiver Ricky Natiel in the first segment. In the second segment, I gave you my SEC power rankings and recapped all the action from week nine. And in the final segment, we brought you some comments from Florida coach Dan Mullen and co-offensive coordinator John Hevesy. On tomorrow's show, we'll start to look at this Florida-Georgia matchup more in-depth and also get to some Gator basketball talk. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators your team every day.